about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. See them, but I don't believe them. Hey, speaking hey. of that, <laughs> welcome to Worst Gig Ever. I'm Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. This week, we have a very funny gentleman named Noah Gordon Schwarz, who is a stand-up comic originally from Atlanta. I believe now so. Now lives in New York. We get into a very, dare I say, Jewy conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I can say that as... A Jewy man myself. And as a non-Jewy man, I cannot say that, but that's why I'll let you say it. <laughs> but Noah uh, is a funny guy, and he kind of has, has filled this niche, and we'll let him get into that in the exactly. podcast. But you can check him out, Noah Garden Schwartz. The website is noahgcomedy.com. You can also find him at Twitter at noahgcomedy. Noah Garden Schwartz is his name, and his story is coming up after this message. Which is, you're just going to let me <laughs> I was, in a big yes. pile of, of fecal I, I matter. saw you flailing and I just let you drown. Listen, uh, if you love the professionalism of this episode, you're going to love some of our previous episodes. Go to worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. You can check out recent episodes with the likes of Emmy Blotnick. We are scientists Chris Kane, Khaki King, Liberty DeVito, Karen Can't believe Negron. these recent episodes. So many Can't more. Can't believe all of our episodes. You can check them all out there. Of course, we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Facebook. Rate us, review us, leave us a comment. You can write at us. <laughs> worst gig ever at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at Worst Gig Ever or at Mikey Pace or at Jeff Garlock. Oh, boy. Or am I G Garlock? You're G Garlock. I'm G Garlock. Let's go with that one. All caps, baby. <laughs> you know what also is all caps? Tweaked Audio. That's right. <laughs> Way to sell it. We go to tweakedaudio.com. You enter the promo code WORST, W-O-R-S-T. You will get one-third off of your purchase of a great pair of headphones. They got all different types. We love them. You'll love them. Noah Gordon Schwartz loves them. Uh, so check out tweakedaudio.com. You can also check out our web series at youtube.com backslash official comedy. Search for Worst Gig Ever, and you'll see some funny shiat there. Speaking of funny shiat. Let's get right into the episode. <laughs> but then I was going to say funny Shiite Muslim, which Nora Gordon Schwartz <laughs> definitely is not. Here he is on Worst Gig Ever. I, I could give you detail about each of these three, but I want to tell you three because it happened in a string of a two-week road trip from Atlanta to New York. <laughs> Book ended by the same kind of worst gig, which was in Atlanta and New York, Roslyn, New York, to be more specific. I performed at a synagogue for a woman's sisterhood event. So it was all <laughs> Jewish women at a d eating dinner ages 25 to 80. I, it's Ideal crap. It's amazing that you bring that up. Last night, 
I went. I had a shiva call in Roslyn. I probably performed. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. May whoever passed rest in peace. I'm willing to bet the woman you paid a shiva call for was at my show. That that was the age range of some of the room. There, for the listener, we've already delved off the Jew end, which yeah. is what I was. Well, I was something I hope we talk spot. to talk talk about. Roslyn is kind of a well-to-do suburb on Long Island. It's like 25 minutes from the city. Um, that's just that's just the preface. Noah, back to your story. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I went down to Atlanta and performed at a sisterhood event at a synagogue there. Um, and then I was in Atlanta for a week and a half, and I was featuring for Tom Simmons at Uptown Comedy Corner, mm-hmm. which is Atlanta's black comedy club. <laughs> And then went to New York and had the same kind of hell gig. So uh, I could. Which which one do you want to talk about I first? St- Those are the three st- that let's happened. Let's go the tour. Yeah, Give start us, down okay. south. Walk us through the tour. Okay, so I'll start by saying, I uh, I perform for a lot of Jewish uh, organizations, JDC, Hillel Federation. So I've done Jewish shows before, mm-hmm. but this was the first time I had ever performed for only women. Um, at a synagogue, so it had to be 100% clean. And again, uh, the age range was probably about 20, 25 to 80. So a, a huge range, very specific. So I was trying out a lot of new material. I get there. As you know, for comedy shows, it's best to be in a small room, dark, mm-hmm. not lit. I get there. It's a banquet-sized room. Perfect. Perfectly lit up, 100% lit. No host, no opener, no other act. Just just the president of the sisterhood organization, you know, some woman in her 60s giving a speech, welcoming everyone. They start serving dinner as I go on cold. So now not only am I performing to a, a cold crowd in a wide open room with the with the lights on, but they're serving Jews dinner while I'm doing it. So, so they don't give a dinner. shit. Is there a stage here or are you just on the floor? It's it, it's a makeshift stage. It's a so beamer. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's the beamer without the Torah and the Ark behind. <laughs> they uh they basically just brought in a platform so I was a foot above the ground. Um and and I had to do thirty minutes for them and it was basically like, you know, talking to myself for thirty minutes. So it was just going through the motions, um, you know, a couple polite laughs here and there. Uh, I didn't bring any edgy Jewish material. Sure. So so it wasn't the problem like offending. They just it was just women eating dinner while some guy was talking in the background. They got food in front of them. Exactly. Yeah, Sounds a little bit more important than your little between jokes. a Jew and their food. That's yeah. Exactly. Uh and then on the polar opposite spectrum of gigs, the next week later, I was at uh, Uptown Comedy Corner, which, as I said, is the black comedy club. I performed there tons when I lived in Atlanta. That's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedically, I was, I was there for six years doing comedy. I used to do Uptown a lot, uh, and I was featuring for a guy named Tom Simmons mm-hmm. all weekend, and we get to the Thursday night show, and this is a room that seats about 400. It was a cold night. They were giving away free tickets, maybe 20 people, so pretty much everyone in the first two rows. Oof. They do an open mic part of the show before Tom and I are supposed to go on do five comedians all five comics get booed off <laughs> and tough 20 yeah <laughs> and the host uh is a guy named K-Dub who actually just got selected to be on Shaq's All-Star he, he's like a, a great comedian hilarious <laughs> but he brings out a hood crowd like his following in Atlanta is a hood crowd and he is not the type of host to go up and pacify or soothe and be like no show these comedians respect yeah. like he'll let them know like if you don't like what's on stage <laughs> let these motherfuckers know boo you were right uh, to take like, yeah so 
So I go up to a crowd that's just looking to boo. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, this is one of the cases where being white, the novelty of it at first, actually it's to my advantage where they're going to be quiet, hear what I have to say. Right. Uh, with black crowds, typically you want to make them laugh earlier. Like you got to hit them with a quick joke that works. So I start, yes. Were those open micers black comics Yes, too? yes. Okay. I was the first white okay. comedian on the show. <laughs> uh, I should also mention that Tom, who I was headlining for, was white. And so all week we were joking about how I was actually okay. Like, it was going to be cool for them to see me. But by the time he gets on, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and he's already going to be digging out of a hole. Of like, right. okay, I just listened to 30 minutes of white guy comedy. What the fuck <laughs> is this? Um, but anyway, so I go up. And for about five or six minutes, they're listening. It's going well. Uh, and then I get into one of my longer jokes. And, and it's one of those that it usually works, but it's one of those that the punchline takes a while and it's a big payoff right. and a long way to get there. Halfway through, like I'm not even close to the punchline. <laughs> so it's not like I can save myself and make it funny. Just you get that one. <laughs> and so like all the booing before had been hostile where the whole crowd had decided. Right. And uh-huh. this was just one guy right up in front that started when that first boo starts. You know, they're going to be more coming if you don't pick it up. So. I get through the joke, a couple more boos pick up, some of the crowd is still listening, and then this dude just goes full throttle, him and his boy in the front row, each drunk off of Patron, (laughs) gold teeth, girlfriends next to him, just boo, boo, and they're just standing up now, so so I, sorry if I got too loud on the mic, I'm sure I probably killed the viewer, (laughs) viewer, uh, listener. Uh, And so at that point, all the other comedians who had been booed off just kind of left you know like it was an open mic they're only up there to do five to eight yeah i'm getting paid i think i have to do my time so obviously like i can't get off stage <laughs> so even though this is the opposite of the type of comedy i do like i'm a i'm a low energy well-written joke kind of comedian <laughs> i just start talking shit to the guys like trying to go back and forth <laughs> fight fire with fire yeah sure. so now the half of the crowd that was listening is on my side and they're happy <laughs> to see a comedian finally go back at these guys but i also gave them more vitriol and so now they're just Full, full throttle. Their girlfriends stand up booing. <laughs> One of the tables that I don't know if they were, they were friends with them, but behind them jumped on their side and started booing. So it's just all hell breaking loose. You can't even hear what I'm saying because they're yelling so loud. I'm screaming at them in the microphone. Finally, I look over and see the owner kind of giving me the cut, <laughs> the, the cut it signal. You know, like he's waving his yeah. hand under his, under his face. Like you've done enough. It's okay. <laughs> so I get off stage. And they start introducing Tom. And I just said to Tom on the way, I'm like, I'm sorry. Because it was, <laughs> it was going to be rough enough already. Right. Like, even if my set had gone well, as I said, it's going to yeah. be rough for him. But now, these guys weren't kicked out at all. They're still there. So <laughs> Tom goes up. And Tom, like me, low energy guy, starts his set. They're not having it. Start booing Tom instantly. So within the first minute, within the first minute, Tom goes, if you guys don't like it, you can get the fuck out. So they stand up, start going to leave, and one of the girls that was with uh, one of the guys booing grabs a candle in a glass case off the table, chucks it at the stage, glass shatters on the wall behind Tom as he's doing his set, all hell breaks loose, security goes and starts fighting with the guys who are with the women that that threw the candle. So now a fight's breaking out in the back of the club. There were only about 15 other people there to begin with, so they stand up to leave. Jesus. And that, oh. that was uh, that was the gig. Interestingly enough, though, Tom and I went back and had a great weekend. Like, all the, all the other shows Perfect. were fine. <laughs> yeah. But that one, there were only 20 people, half right. of which came what to What day boom. of the week? Was it just like a weekday? It was, it was a Thursday or? night Thursday. that yeah, that right. happened. And we still had to go do Friday and Saturday yeah. shows, two shows a night. How long were you, how long was, were you supposed to do? 
I was supposed to do between 2025. Uh-huh. I would say I did about six minutes of comedy and then, <laughs> and then another six minutes of just yelling and right. fighting and talking shit right. uh, in pandemonium. So I got off stage with about 12 and then Tom, by no fault, <clears throat> by no fault of his own, right. really only got to do about five minutes right. before all hell broke loose and the fight broke out and we were just done. For Is the there, night. when you're right. going back and forth with the crowd like that, at that point in your set, is there ever a thought that like, well, at some point, I got to get back into my jokes, or is it just normally? Defense? Okay, well, so normally I don't do the whole back and forth with yeah, hecklers right. to begin with. That's not my act, and I don't look forward to that. You just not engage usually, but, but right. But yeah. if if I do, I'll try to go in quick, sharp, and be done. Like I don't right. want to pass the mic over and bring attention to this guy. I'm sure. trying to get back into my. You act. don't want a Bill Burr, Opie, it, and Anthony. You're right, exactly. <laughs> However, this case, it was so far gone before I even started. You know, like. <laughs> The the set was over before I went up on stage, so it's not like I was gonna throw that fire out, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden just jump back into my normal material. Yeah. There's no way, you know. Right. I was uh, I was actually so relieved when I saw the owner giving me the cut in sign because because I thought I, I was gonna it. have to be up there for 15. And and honestly, the way it was going, where we were getting uh, louder and louder, and they were getting more aggressive, and they were in the front row, no security. Who knows yeah, what, right. what ultimately could have happened if we kept on going? Was this club outside the perimeter or what? No, Atlanta, downtown okay. Atlanta. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's for the listener, if it's OTP. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This is very much ITP. <laughs> <laughs> very much ITP. So part of this, so then, but you guys bounce back for the next couple of days. You have a nice weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was there, fine. And it, it works. Was, yeah, it was fine. So then you continue. So, yeah. So I do uh, I do a couple shows in Virginia on the way, both fine. And then I get up back to New York and have to go to... Uh, this gig in Roslyn, which is pretty much identically as bad as the one in Atlanta for the same reasons, <laughs> where it was just a huge banquet lit up, women talking while I'm eating, cold open, host just introducing the women. And so the only reason that was a little better is because I had already lived that nightmare a week and a half prior. <laughs> so it's like I already knew what I was in for. As soon as I walked in the room, I was like, oh, shit, it's one of these. Yeah, right. Okay, this is exactly yeah. what I just did. So how did you did you change any anything uh, with your set that night, or did you, you know, knew <laughs> well, what to expect? So there were there were a few jokes that just straight up did not work in Atlanta. You know, like I said, I wasn't getting a lot of reception, but there were a few yeah. where you could tell it was just like flat. And so I took all those out and tried to replace them with a little bit more fun jokes for the younger women that were paying attention. Uh, and then I added, you know, I added a few bits for for the older women that were staying, started talking about my booby and stuff like oh. that, which, you know, it was, it was, it was fine. But in general, you know, they were both yeah. really just painful. Get through it. Do your time. Uh, be respectful gigs. What's funny is we after, got some hementosh and we going to be eating later. <laughs> after each show, though, yeah. there were women that came and asked me for my information for their daughters or like, like you know, <laughs> nieces, you know, and so. Well, so that's the weird part. They yeah. seems like that you probably actually did exactly what they wanted. Well, you know what else is funny <laughs> is after both shows, the women came up and were like, "You were great. We loved it. We had such a good time." Yeah. And, and who knows? It's a mix of them either being <laughs> right. polite and they didn't care, or again, Jews just don't like emote positivity. <laughs> like, like even if they're enjoying themselves, if they're in a synagogue, they treat it like I'm doing shachrit yeah. up there. Right. <laughs> you know, like they're. Right. So, so for lack of a better word, these corporate gigs, quote yeah. unquote. Uh, you know, in the te- like, 
So you do your, you get through it, and yeah. then what? You just hang out there. You like, you get a plate so of food. The, like, what do you? I, I honestly, I don't want to make it seem like such a stereotypically <laughs> Jewish experience, but this but is what was. happened. Like, the women approach me about whether I was single, and then demand that I eat, you know, and like force feed me a plate <laughs> of whatever they were eating. Yeah. That was the big distraction. I don't want to eat this food. That food is the reason I just bombed for thirty minutes. You know, they're they're feeding me a plate of the poison I just died on stage <laughs> by. <laughs> They're a Jewish women's group for a reason. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's. Uh, but I, I would go do those gigs again tonight. Sure. If, they <laughs> if they called and want me back, I would love to go. Well, because it, it does seem like oddly, like you're getting paid. They seem yeah. to you're. They're giving them exactly what they wanted. Yeah. Right. It's not a hostile crowd. It's just that's the reaction they des- they decide to give you. Yeah. Uh, so you can't really even feel bad. You're just like, well, all right, you you enjoyed it. And it's true. It's almost be careful what you wish for because I I had that. That horrible show at the synagogue. And then at Uptown, you know, I'd been like, damn, I wish I was just at a silent crowd at the synagogue again. And then a week later, I got my medicine. Right. So so you said earlier that you do a lot of these kind of Jewish events. And yeah. I mean, is is there a particular reason for that? I mean, we don't talk a whole lot of religion on the show. Yeah, but, but how'd you get I'm into I'm just kind of curious. Like you're circuit. on this. The, the, yeah, the circuit. Well, I, I actually uh, did just because... I do. It, it's a big part of my identity just in terms of I was raised very culturally Jewish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the perspective is there, but I also was a little bit bothered by, I feel like there's a very st- stereotypical, sticky Jewish idea of what Jewish comedy was. Mm-hmm. And that's not my perspective or my experience. So I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to make a more modern, edgier Jewish perspective. Um, right. you know, and so I started creating this act and reaching out to a lot of organizations that at first, wouldn't let me really do it because they didn't want to take a chance. And then I linked up with this organization, JDC, mm-hmm. which uh, I've traveled across the world with them and like visited Jewish communities. And so I started writing material based on the communities. Yeah. And then JDC started letting me perform shows for them about uh, the trips that I was taking. Yeah. And so as I developed the Jewish act and it was actually well received, more people from federations in Hillel saw me and brought me in and it became a good way to make some money. You know, I can go do a Jewish gig um, and make in one night what I would more than I would for a whole weekend or two weekends on yeah. the road. And right. so it's one way that moving to New York, I can be in the city, not have to worry about getting regular paid gigs up here and then go out on the road and do a few Jewish gigs. So I, I don't do, I do colleges. I don't do a lot of corporate non-Jewish, yeah. mm-hmm. but, but I guess the Jewish gigs for me would be the way corporate gigs are for other sure, comedians. Sure. It's interesting though that you're, you're, you're taking this new approach. Yeah. Like, I, are there other you know, comics gotta, that are doing You gotta that? do something different. Yeah. I'm, I'm certainly not the only comedian that performs for, Jewish organizations, but I, I would definitely say that my act is still new, unique to the ones that are, mm-hmm. and there's only a handful of us. It's definitely a less competitive, you know, yeah. market. So yeah, it was about creating kind of a new lane for myself that, that I could go on just to make some money while I'm doing general comedy as well. Yeah. That's right. all. I mean, that, that's, that's fast. I mean, cause I also, I grew up culturally Jewish is exactly reformed, you know, long yeah, Island. Yeah. You know, like I, I talk yeah. about, you know, it's not inappropriate, but I have certain jokes that deal with drugs and sex and, and you know, just pop culture references throughout while also yeah. making it clear that I know what I'm talking about judaically. You know, like yeah. I went to day school, I speak Hebrew. You know oh, that. really? Yeah. So it's. So, so I'm, you clearly you had a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Did yeah. you have a theme for your bar mitzvah party? party? Well, come on. You know, you know what my theme was. Comedy? Noah's Ark, baby. Oh. It's, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark, baby. Wow. Wait, what did that entail? Yeah, wait, you grew up in Denver. Right? I did. Yeah, okay, I so grew up in this, Denver, Colorado. And what's the Jewish community like over there? 
Similar to Atlanta, uh, bigger than most people think. Yeah, you know, sixty, seventy thousand strong. Like it's a, it's a reasonably sized Jewish community. Okay. There are Jews in Denver. It wasn't weird growing up Jewish in Denver, sure. but but it's by no means New York or yeah. LA or Chicago. And so Noah's Ark is the theme. Noah's Ark, the is the theme. <laughs> night party or day party? Night. Oh, we got down. It was fun. <laughs> he, My parents know how to party. No one knows. It was a good time. I so I I played in this band for many years called Oxford Collapse, indie rock band, and we put out a record called. Remember the night parties because I was having a conversation with with someone once, and we're talking oh, about that's, that's we're talking about, bar, no about bar and bat mitzvahs and like the night parties were always the coolest, and we were just like, oh, remember the night, but like because that's the first time I had like alcohol, you know. Just, we must have had different, you know, group, groups of uh, friends because I never had day parties. I I only uh, knew night parties. Uh, see, on Long Did Island, you have the luncheon? I had the you tasteful, had tasteful, I had luncheon. tasteful luncheon because I've heard this story. Oh, the family, <laughs> the family yeah. party, and then no, no, no. I didn't have one. What I wanted to go on, my parents said, you know, you can have a party, or if you want to take a big trip that summer. And I was like, you know what, I want to go. I'm, you know, I grew up on. I want to go out west. Let's, but I want to go to like Montana. Uh, you know, what were you uh, watching Salt Carmen City? San Diego at this the is, time? This is probably a couple. Yeah, well, this would have been ninety two. So yeah, start thinking about. But I was just the- like, we did a two week trip. Uh, Kind of like the Western Midwest, and it was fucking amazing. And in lieu of a big party, we had a tasteful luncheon at the golf <laughs> good, club. Good, good for you. Yeah, yeah, I, re- I respect that. You but know? see, you only being, you being, being, no being thirteen years old and passing up a party to go see the world. Good <laughs> yeah. And now it was, it, yeah, it was. It, but I mean, I had a fair share of I, those night parties. I uh, had the special shirt, of course, to stand yes, out yeah. at the crowd. It was like a chrome button down. It was basically <laughs> tin foil. It was like a big baggy aluminum colored shirt. You know, I looked like I was in color me bad. Yeah, I was just, just there was, but there was a kid in my high school and I didn't get invited to his bar mitzvah. And like I became friends with him afterwards. It was almost like a manipulative thing. He had, um, the famed Mad Magazine artist Mort Drucker was really? like a family friend, and he drew like a caricature of like That's him dream, and all man. of his family, and that was you have that, no, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't invited. I yeah, became friends yeah. with him like after the fact. No special guests, just no. you know. I think we, me and my friends at that time were already sneaking liquor, getting kind of sure. drunk. But I'm just trying curious. to see some titties in the coat room in the synagogue. <laughs> Wait, but did you have an art at all? Like, what did there you was, explain? There, there animals. Was, there, there was a. Uh, there was a big styrofoam boat in the backdrop with like, I believe a waterfall coming down and, and some stuffed animals in a little fake boat. And, and then, I don't know. We, there was not, yeah, there was nothing arc related that okay. the people had to do. Yeah. It was a normal bar mitzvah party, but the decorations, I guess. They had to get to work. Yeah. yeah there were, there were probably animals around. I yeah. believe. Right. Well, uh, right. DJ or live band? Both. Oh my god! Whoa! DJ first half live band to, to close it out. Remember the night party. That is a that's a <laughs> that's no joke. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we had um, here uh, and a friend of mine wanted to was always wanted to write a screenplay about this, like competing uh, DJ dance companies. There was one called EJM <laughs> Evan J Michaels Entertainment. They would in, they would advertise at the th- Such movie a good theater reality show waiting. To <laughs> yeah, have yeah and Heart to Heart was another one. H A R T and like they would have these da- and. As I'm sure you went through the that year when you're 13, it was like every weekend I had a party to go yeah, to. We had, we had the same creepy bar mitzvah DJ at everyone. Yeah. Like he knew so, all of us in the first name basis, wore like a sequin vest, had the little Madonna microphone. Of course, you know, yeah, yeah. Made us play Pepsi Coke. But. Yeah, and we would have this, like you'd see, you'd be friends with the dead because they were like the only black people on Long Island yeah. that like, you no, know, Scorpio was like the cool dance. He made this, sim- he would be like Scorpio and he'd go like this with his finger. For the listener, he'd just like, Made a hook. He made a hook with his finger. And then my friend Jay 
claimed actually years later that he fingered one of the dancers in the bathroom. <laughs> Classic claim. <laughs> Classic. Hey, it's when claim. you become a man. But, yeah. But you turn, and then years later, you got to finger. Sometimes you got to finger a dancer in the bathroom. You know. Years Rules later, he came out that he lied about it. Oh, surprising. Yeah. <laughs> that's so bullshit, anyway, man. That's so so Boom. But yeah, that, boo in, that, that obviously Boom, like, uptown. We don't lie about fingering dancers. <laughs> Give me a boo, get the fuck off stage. <laughs> um but it this obviously informed like who you are, your personality. Yeah, I mean I yeah, I grew up in a kosher home, did March of the Living, Birthright. Oh, oh you know, oh yeah, yeah I'm like uh right, what is could, March of the Living? I don't I don't for the listener for, being me. No, I don't know what March of the Living is either. Mar- oh man, I'm gonna sound people are gonna have the wrong impression. They're gonna think I'm like the most Jewish. But you're the you're the actually world. the coolest Jew I've ever no, met. You know, that, that's what I'm going for. That's what my that's that's the comedy hour I'm no. trying to build for the Jews is Perfect. a cool, cool brand Ju- of Judaism. <laughs> but uh yeah so March of the Living you're probably gonna regret ask me about this because of the turn it's about to take. <laughs> but it's uh, it's right in high school. You go on a two week trip where you go visit the concentration camps in Poland for a week, ah. and then go to Israel for a week okay. after. So it's supposed to be like a, a sweet and sour type thing. Like you go see the concentration camps, and then you go see right. the country that they got as a result of yeah, it. Right. Uh, but the year I went was actually the year where the antifada and the violence was horrible in Israel. <laughs> so we went to the concentration camps for a week, and then we just had to go to England for a week. Which, I mean, wasn't bad, but <laughs> sure. it was like shitty, cold weather. Right. No of course, yeah, yeah. Jewish. It was just like, here are the concentration camps, and here's London. Right, yeah. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, oh, that makes sense now to me. birthright, you know, you're, 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 if, you're a, if you're a Jew, you are able to take, what is it, it's a free trip to Israel under the auspices of it being like an educational trip yeah, under the age of 26 or something. Day, yeah, Who pays for it? Israel? Uh, what'd you say? Who pays for it? There are, there are all kinds of philanthropic, okay. you know, just big donors and organizations that have donated millions. Right, right. I didn't right. know about Birthright until I was like 28. And I was like, shit. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I've never Would been to Israel. Would that telethon pay for it? That telethon I always watch? Chabad? Yeah, Chabad telethon. What is, I don't, what's Chabad? Uh, Chabad is Chabad is like the comedians on there that you're saying are you don't want to be like I'm amazed also I love watching the stand up on there because they're always like and then my book has got my bullet and then they're just like and you're just like what are you talking about but also because it will be straight stand ups where it's like dudes who I remember from half hour comedy hour yeah. And like regular stand up sets, yeah. but their material gets so Jewish. Yeah, that I'm like, you're they, a caricature of yourself. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I see, I'm trying I to avoid the caricature sure. of, of the whiny, neurotic <laughs> yeah. Jew going to visit his parents in Florida. Yeah. But what is that, Chabad? I, Do you know what Chabad really is? Uh, it, well, Chabad is an organization of, uh, they're all linked, and I'm. I don't want to get it wrong, but I think they're kind of a certain sect of yeah, Hasidism right, yeah. where they have their own, you know, beliefs that, but it is a Hasidic sect. Um, but I think they're trying to be more inclusive and basically bring their, I think they're, I think their purpose is to bring Jews into their sect of Hasidism. Yeah. You yeah. know, like they're not trying to convert non-Jews to Jews, but they do try to right. make Jews more. They're like religious. the guys who, I think Chabad is also related to like the guys who used to be out more so on Bedford Ave in Williamsburg uh-huh. and would like, like they'd stop me all the time because they thought I was Jewish. Yeah. You look, spe- yeah. Like I don't, look, I'm not at all, but you got like the uniform on. Yeah. Man. When <laughs> I like hipster glasses, big fro. Exactly. Yeah. When I would like wear a pea coat too, they would just immediately, like I would get it nonstop the whole time i thought but that i'm like ama- i'm just so i love the chabad telethon like just because it's insane i've actually never even seen it I don't even you know should watch it when it comes. it's a- really just like it's like randomly every celebrity will be on it like all of a sudden like uh your boy will be on it 
uh, uh, that's my boy. What's his name? Uh, Adam, Sandler. Adam Sandler will show up randomly. Oh, wow. yeah. John Voight is always there wearing a yarmulke and just wandering <laughs> around like he's got, uh, like Wait. he doesn't know what's going on. Interesting. And then they're constantly dancing mitzvahs every time they pull a count. And so it just comes like flying out where they just dance like crazy people. And John Voight will be in the middle. There's doing the and there's an amazing clip, and we'll link it when, it when the episode comes too. out. The prop comic was one of the <laughs> oh, best. Oh, great. My episode is going to be linked to the <laughs> no, no, There's an amazing oh, no. clip. Is that how Jewish oh, we've gotten? Like, there's an amazing today. clip of Bob Dylan on the Chabad <laughs> telephone, like 1989, where he is out of his mind. Uh, he, <laughs> yes. At this point, I, I don't think he's Jewish. You know, Bob Dylan was like Jewish. He right. converted. He became born again, and then he like became Jewish again. Listen, no matter what he says he was, <laughs> his face was always <laughs> yeah. Jewish. Bob Dylan. Dylan can <laughs> never <laughs> not be Jewish. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. any non Jews tuned out like 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Hey, I would have been tuned in this whole time. Yeah. Hey, well, Jewish well, let's talk normal. Yes. No, yeah. No. So um, for, you're from Denver. You go to school in, in Atlanta and you start doing stand up there. Yeah, I, I started uh, doing stand-up my senior year in college, just doing open mics. And at the time, Atlanta has a great scene now. But at the time, we're talking 2005, there were really only two or three places that mm-hmm. had a weekly mic that you could go to outside of the regular clubs. Uh, and I started doing it my senior year in college and did comedy for about three years. Um, from my senior year until two years out of college, I was doing comedy in Atlanta the whole time and writing for an alt-weekly there, kind of mm-hmm. Atlanta's ver- version of the Village Voice. Creative okay. loafing? Exactly. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> Always looking out uh, for our listing. And yeah, oh, no, we, we, I got a feature in Creative Loafing years ago. For my band, you know, coming through Atlanta. I can't oh, remember. okay. I don't think it was yeah, you yeah. who interviewed me. <laughs> no, no, because I was, uh, I was doing the comedy coverage, so I was okay. writing about comedy, uh, okay. performing yeah. comedy. Uh, kind of got burnt out. It's had a lot some, of comedy. Yeah, had some personal <laughs> things happen. So for three years, I stopped doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And then back in 2010, started again. So I've done comedy for six years over a period of nine. Got right. it. And when you initially started the, you know, the, for lack of a better word, the kind of angle that you've now found with, uh, you know, performing with the Jewish organizations, that was not. What that was not from the from the get go, right? You were just kind of no, doing stand up for a no, while. No, that was uh, only in the last. Two years, I would say, when I linked up with that organization and started yeah. traveling and okay. doing shows for them. You know, it, it grew my content in terms of now I actually had things to talk about, Got having it. seen these communities. And yeah, it was... Uh, but before that, it was just kind of, you were going yeah, up as I mean, an open micer. Or, yeah, and I still do all the same type of shows that I was doing back right. then. You know, I've always been of the mindset that I'll do any sure. any show. You know, like, I I really will. I'll, I'll go perform for anyone that'll have me and yeah, try right. to do my best. So. Right. Always gotten around, and, and Atlanta is good in that it's got a lot of options then and now in terms of um, there's the black scene and the white scene. If you're willing to do both and cross over, then there's a lot of stage time for you. Do you find that um, uh, how much have you done in New York in terms of black and white? And do you find that it was it, it's different yeah, in it, Atlanta as it is than yeah, it is it, from it, here? It is different just because New York and Atlanta are so different, yeah. um, and the vibe of the people mm-hmm. in general, regardless of black or white, New Yorkers are just a lot more abrupt and aggressive than southerners you know it's it's different um but but there are definitely still similarities um that that remain in terms of again new york or atlanta when i do a room full of a packed crowd of of a black audience i want to make sure that first joke is funny and quick you know like new york or atlanta i want to get them early um but yeah there there's a different um i have done like my friend omar has a great room up in harlem dinosaur barbecue every thursdays i do and i've done Mm -hmm. mochas um so again you know i'll go wherever but but New York and Atlanta are just so different in general. Yeah, right. What brought you into comedy originally? Like, did you always kind of have a feeling you wanted to do? No, to be honest, um, 
the first before I started, I wanted to get into it for the writing. Mm -hmm. And as I started, I actually hated performing and didn't want to be a comedian. I hated having to get on stage. I, I just knew that as someone who wanted to write, the only way that my jokes would get heard is if I went out and did them. Right. I was hoping to be like discovered in Atlanta. I don't know what I thought was <laughs> sure. going to happen. You know, I thought, sure. thought someone was going to come to this shitty open mic in Atlanta and be like, write for me. <laughs> Kid, you got the Come goods. on, LA, New York, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Um, and so for the first three years, I actually was uncomfortable and didn't like it, but I kept on doing it just because I did enjoy, you know, I was getting better at it and I enjoyed the feeling of making people laugh. I just still was always anxious and nervous before. Um, and then when I took the time off, I kind of reevaluated if I was going to come back. What about what I was doing the first time didn't I like? And, mm -hmm. and I just feel like I came back more myself doing more of the material I wanted to do, uh, just more relaxed in general. And, and now I actually love performing yeah. and doing stand-up like my my perspective has completely changed but when i first started i got into it for the writing right yeah what and, was actually uh what was that first show like coming back like did it would it, it was because i it, you know i've taken it, breaks and doing comedy i've taken breaks and doing music and you know you're like was, oh yeah now i know what i'm doing and then right. you get it back was, and uh, it was nerve-wracking in that uh there's this place called the star bar which is a great mm -hmm. room in atlanta that was kind of the place I went every week for the, when I first started. And so I did my first show back there. So it was cool in that it felt familiar. It was a lot like riding a bike, for lack of a, right. a better uh, you know, analogy. Like, you don't forget how to do stand-up, right. but you're definitely not as crisp. You know, like, there were some moments where my timing was probably off. You mix up a word or, or, or two, but I definitely wasn't as nervous as when I first started. Right. You mm -hmm. know? Right. Uh, and so then, but you get to a point, and I'm assuming this is the second time when you start coming, when you come back, that you know are actually uh, touring as a comic and right. you're going. And so what's your take on the road, quote unquote? Uh, the road is a great experience. It'll absolutely make you a better comic. I do think it's necessary even for LA or New York guys that are doing well in LA or New York to still get out and see because it definitely is different going and playing a podunk town in Ohio or Missouri or Nebraska mm -hmm. than it is performing for industry or, or even just a bar of hipsters. Yeah, uh, right. So it'll build your material. It's great to see the country, but the pay is shit. The food is shit. You're sleeping in shitty motels or on people's couches. You're driving for 10 hours a day, listening to shitty radio or right. thinking to yourself, you know, like sounds familiar. Yes. It, it's got its ups and downs. You know, it is everything that you think for better or worse. That sounds like a perfect segue into, uh, perhaps another worst gig story, <laughs> you know, from, from your travels. Um, to be honest, I've always, enjoyed that like i i've been lucky in that i don't have a worse gig road story yeah. of like a place that i went and it just wasn't happening you know i've always i've done a lot of fish out of water rooms where i'll go perform for a bunch of rednecks and again my my perspective would be a jewish slash uh black influence perspective mm -hmm. and, and i'm going perform for these rednecks but it always has worked and i've had fun i would say it's more of the towns that you're stuck in for, yeah. for these weekends like uh -huh. i would say a hell town no disrespect to the fine people of toledo ohio <laughs> but but i had to do a weekend in toledo at the end of january so it's like negative 12 and the biggest yeah. attraction is a huge antique mall right yeah um and so yeah i mean Honestly, the, the biggest hell gigs that I've, I've had were the ones I talked about, like yeah. either the, the corporate Jewish ones or the really rough urban ones <laughs> that I've done. You, what um, is your, what is your go-to? Cause I know I had my go-tos for like, if we had like extra time when we were touring, mm -hmm. uh, with bands, like what's your go-to for like, all right, you're in Toledo or let's say any city. Like, what do you, what are you looking out for? In interesting. Cause uh -huh. I, uh, I wouldn't say I strategically build my set this way, but I've noticed that it is just helpful in that. 
my set is very much who I am. Uh-huh. And I usually talk a little bit about sex and a little bit about weed, at least for, mm. for a bit on stage. So afterwards, sometimes, you know, there, there are women that know I'm single in town and, and there's always <laughs> usually smokers that want to smoke. Okay. Like if you have a good show and you talk about weed, there are always going to be some potheads, usually college kids in the show. They're like, come smoke, man. And so, right. you know, I, I don't always, but, but a lot of times in town, if I don't know any other comics or have friends in that city, yeah. then I'm, I'm looking for a lady or some weed sure. or, or both. You if, make some if friends. Luck really has yeah. It. That's, I mean, I, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, that. you know I mean, what? I don't need to be ashamed of it. No, and it, it just real life. life. Like, yeah, you're, you're going, I'm not in it for the pussy or the drugs. I yeah. love the art yeah. of comedy. I like, but if a show goes well and of those course, things come celebrate. with it, then that's fantastic. Yeah, that's I mean, you're talking to two married guys who have, yeah. who have been in relationships for oh, so now you guys, over you, 10 you guys years. You're turn into married creeps so, and this is going to turn into story so, time. Yeah, of life. So, so give me so the juiciest road. this girl you met in Toledo. Um, no, but, you know, and just, you know, we kind of, we talk about this with stand-ups a lot who spend time on the road is that, you know, we come from playing in bands and touring and it's like, you're with your buddies, you know, and you're only in a town for like one night and then you move on like, as opposed to you're by yourself. Yeah. You're the entire weekend. You really have to learn to be your best friend. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I have, I have learned to be okay by myself silent for five or six hours at a time and it sounds weird but my friends have asked me like when you're on the road do you listen to books on tape or try to be yeah. productive sometimes i honestly will just get in the car turn off the radio and zone out and, right. yeah. and it sounds weird but like sometimes it is nice to just have that time to yourself so you have to be okay with that you know like yeah. if you're the kind of person that's going to do something destructive or uh i, I don't know if, if you don't know how to handle yourself by sure. yourself then the road is going to be your worst enemy but yeah, i certainly know. looked for those times i just go sit in the van and just stare because i'm but, like fuck you're but that's where being a comic is great is that i've been lucky to work the road with other really cool comics by happenstance you know yeah. like i'll be the feature and get matched up with a headliner that i really just get along with and then all of a sudden you have a running mate in this town where you're both kind of there just looking for fun things to do for 48 yeah. hours and that right. can be cool and right. how frequently are you going out on the road. Well, so I, I just moved to New York last June. So I've been here for seven months. And now that I'm in New York, I'm trying to make it a priority to be here. So I okay. really have stopped doing the road as much. But for the last two and a half years before I moved here, I was based out of Atlanta, but I was on the road two or three weekends out of every month. Yeah. And a lot of times be on the road for those weeks in between the weekends, just piecing together one nighters and making yeah. a run of it. So, you know, I was, I would, I would say I was probably on the road. I don't know, 25 to 30, maybe even 35 weeks last year before yeah. I moved. Right. So a, a good amount. Just a fair le- amount. Just legit. This is just a, a straight up logistics question. In that case, do you, are you like a, a frequent flyer member with like every airline? Do you have your no, you fly I, Delta, I go Delta all the time? I always go Delta. <laughs> gold <laughs> status. I get, you know, a lot of free flights because of miles racked up. And yeah. when you're gold member, uh, when you take odd hour flights, if you have a flexible schedule, a lot of times first class tickets aren't sold and then you get the free upgrade. So it's it's been nice. That's the perk yeah. of traveling a lot. But I've <laughs> right. I've logged. I have I have a car with one hundred and twelve thousand miles on it that I yeah. got in two thousand seven. Oh, know, so there you go. I've, oh, yeah. I've driven the shit out of it. <laughs> you bring the car up here? Yeah, my car is up here, and it is so mad at me. My car, has, <laughs> my car has gotten fucked up in New York. Like, <laughs> no. I cannot emphasize that enough. Yeah, I got my side view mirror swiped uh, off. It's gotten banged front and back. Yep. Like, 
My car yeah. hates me right yeah. now. You got to have a shitter in and New York. For, that's what I think. Like, yeah. Mine is just like, yeah, taped on side mirror, yeah, like it banged in wheel well. It wasn't a shitter, but now it is yeah. a shitter. Yeah. I got a 2011 Honda Accord, guys, so I don't know what you got yeah, to talk exactly. about. Well, yeah, because I, I live in Brooklyn, so it's, it's helpful to have yeah. a car to no, go exactly. Brooklyn yeah. or Brooklyn or Queens, yeah. but yeah. I, don't, I don't drive into the city if I don't have to. Uh, oh, I love driving to the city, actually. He does, actually. I don't. I agree with you. I don't mind the driving. It's the parking. That's right. You just got to know the days and the time. The Shiva I had to go to last night in Roslyn. I mean, the BQ for the listener is right out the studio window so to speak so you just have you know like yeah. forget about the long island railroad that's that's <laughs> get uh, a car <laughs> that's that's what i have to say so you're so you're you're here in new york and you want to be based out of here um but you said when you first started you got in for the writing mm-hmm. is that still like a goal to be writing yeah, I, for- I would absolutely so in the process my priority has been stand-up. Like now, I used to think if I did stand-up and someone offered me a writing job, I'd be done with stand-up and I would just go right. Now, I don't think I'll ever stop doing stand-up. I love yeah. it. It's my priority in terms of if I had to work hardest at something, stand-up is the craft I want to perfect. Yeah. That said, I would absolutely love a writing job. I think I am a good writer, and if someone wanted me to write for them uh, on a show or for another comedian, I would, yeah. but, I'm, but I'm still going to do my own stand-up. Uh, preference towards writing style like i mean you're saying like writing job like that? do you have any like preference towards like you know uh would you want to work on uh, I guess late sitcom, night yeah or i guess sitcom I'd, or... I, uh, I would probably want to write for a sitcom and be mm-hmm. able to tell more of a story yeah i don't do a lot of political or, or news humor just because jokes <laughs> like that typically have a shelf life yep. um and that you know there are some comedians that are great at it and they fascinate me because i'm not that type of joke writer yeah um, yeah so a question that we've been asking a lot of guests this year with the, with the new year, what's the worst thing about you professionally oh, yeah. or, or, you know, or personally, private personally whatever. that you'd want to change? Uh, you know, I like, I like to fool myself into thinking that I work really, really hard, <laughs> but, but I'm pretty lazy to be honest. Like, <laughs> I have a lot of free time, my schedule, I've created a lifestyle and a life for myself that allows for a lot of leisure and I'm not nearly as productive as I could be when I'm, you know, and, uh, and so I would like to write more, perform more, get out more. How often do you, do you go up these days? I go up every night of the week if I can. Yeah. I would say at least six nights a week, sometimes on good nights, multiple shows, you yeah. know, at least, and, and, I'd like to have as many bookings as possible, but if nothing else, a mic or two, you know, like mm-hmm. being in New York, you can get up every night several times. So yeah. I do that. But, uh, but again, it's like days, like I don't have a day job. So during yeah. the day, I could definitely be m- way more productive than I am. In is terms is of, it the sure. type of thing? I mean, it's, it's amazing that you've gotten to a point already, uh, where you don't have to have the day job. I'm assuming that stand up is kind of what's. Yeah, but that, you know, that's why I have to go work the road and do those yes. gigs. Exactly yeah. the gigs that I was telling you. So it's the type yeah. of thing. Is, is it a, uh, is this a sustainable thing? Like, could you essentially I, be doing this? Yeah. So I'll answer like this. Yeah. I, I can sustain it living the life i'm living but i wouldn't want to live the life i'm living for the next 10 years you yeah. know like i love being a comedian i'm happy where i am i like what i do yeah, yeah but i couldn't keep doing exactly what i'm doing for the next decade and be happy you know yeah, yeah right. i moved to new york to try to take that next jump instead of 
working the road, yeah, I'm here swinging for the fences and want that big opportunity yeah. that'll, you know, take me to the next level. And, uh, I mean, thinking, you also, you could have stayed in Atlanta and living like a king. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> listen, Atlanta was great. There's, there's <laughs> no, there's paid work, cheap yeah. rent, it's a good city, you know, I'm, but again, if you, if you really want to go for it, it's not the only way to do it. You yeah. can, you can't live outside of LA or New York, but your chances are greatest being in one of the markets where you can be seen and people can really and make it happen for you. But the odds in your favor. Why was it New York? York and not Los Angeles uh, because for me so I visited both cities a lot for the years leading up to mm-hmm. deciding to leave Atlanta and I always just had a better time in New York um, with the shows and the other comics I just like New York comedy style more mm-hmm. um, and also I feel like LA is more for comedians who want to get into acting or are only doing comedy to get noticed as an actor and New York is where comedians who make stand-up priority come live so yeah for me, the best comedians in the world are still New York comedians, and I yeah. wanted to be, you know, with the best. Did you find yourself um, kind of, I guess, we're part of the, the the New York comedy community? Like immediately, did was there a there, you knew you obviously there, knew yeah, people there were, from before? Uh, there were a few Atlanta comics. Uh, Andy Sanford, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him, uh, and Joyelle were mm-hmm. already up here. Rebecca Trent is someone that I was putting yep. touch with and would always work with when I came to New York. So. Um, I came with a group of people that certainly made me feel comfortable and introduced me to New York scene. But I, I fortunately had that in L.A. as well. Like either city I would have chosen to move to, I wouldn't have been just starting on my own, not knowing anyone. Yeah, yeah. But it's right. certainly, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the people that I have in New York yeah. that looked out from the beginning. Uh, where are your favorite places to go up in New York so far? Uh, so I run two monthlies at the Creek in the Cave. I really do mm-hmm. um, love that room. And then there's another bar called Over the Eight that has a lot of great bar mm-hmm. shows yep. that I like. Um, I got a show there uh, next week. Oh, awesome! And then the two clubs that I love, uh, Stand Up New York and The Stand, are the yeah. two mm-hmm. that you know. The Cellar is obviously amazing, but that's you know that's not somewhere I'm realistically going to be performing anytime. <laughs> I was just hey. listening to Jim Norton talk about The Cellar, and I was yeah, like, oh, brilliant. you know, like that's if I was if I was. Yeah. A non-comic with a friend in New York that wanted to just go see comedy, I'd tell him to go to the cellar yeah. just to see the best comedians. But the stand and stand up New York are two places I like hanging out that uh, I'm hoping to get to perform more at yeah. over the next year. Yeah, and um, so musically, I'm a, so. Uh, are you what? What's you what's can, your? You can what's say your what you're thinking. You you can guess whatever. You you're, think you're, you're, you're a country and western guy, right? No, <laughs> no. So like you, you I'm, assuming, I'm assuming you come from like hip hop. That's yeah, right. That's, yeah, I really do like everything. <laughs> hip hop is my preference. When you say come from, I would actually say like more grunge rock, like yeah. early '90s when I was, you know, when I was a mm-hmm. teen, I played bass in a band and, and stuff like that. So I would yeah. say between rock and hip hop, but yeah, when I listen now, it's mostly rap. Let's talk about let's talk about this band for a second. Yeah. Jeff's Jeff's a bass player and has been for many. Oh, years. you would put me to shame. So, well, <laughs> I barely remember how to play. What was this a high school? Uh, no, deal? middle school. I was I was like oh. a, I was like a skater punk in okay. middle yeah. school, as like we it? all were. As yeah. everyone yes. was. Do you remember what the name of the band was? Of course, wrong way. Because <laughs> you, know, that, you, wrong know why, way? you know why? Because we stole a street sign, a wrong way yeah. sign, and had it in the little room in my friend's basement where we practiced. I gotta say, pretty good name. That is pretty, a pretty good, good name, especially for a middle school band. Yeah, you know, yeah. Could I mean, mine worse. was Switch Stance, and I don't yeah. like that. I like Switch wrong way much better. Mine was Ketchup Enema. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> gonna say we could have been like Dan and the Boners. Yeah, exactly. Wait, right? did you guys play uh, original songs or was it covers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, so like we were trying to write our own music. We were really trying. We we thought we were something. Yeah, great. How many songs did you write? Do you have any idea? Uh, four or five. I mean, it's nice. not, it's not <laughs> like we ever. It's not like we ever got a live gig to go perform them <laughs> okay. at. You know, we just had four or five that we would <laughs> yeah. fuck around with and try to make sound good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, like your. Uh, it sounds like you know, you got the plan. That's what. That's what's really admirable. 
maybe. <laughs> you know, I, no. I, I hope. It sounds I, like you've yeah, got the plan. You know what? It sounds nice to hear you say it sounds <laughs> yeah. like I have a plan. Sometimes I don't know. Well, you got a killer plan. You're going to go fun. My plan is to keep on keeping on, man. Yeah, That's, man. Well, listen, a question that we, uh, another question we ask all of our guests as we bring this full circle here. What do you think of the word gig? Gig? Well, when you say it like that, it's funnier than normal. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my first thought. What do you think of the word gig? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't have any. I. I am completely you, indifferent to the word. It doesn't make me think of. It's good in that it makes me think of work, and it's bad in that it makes me think of shitty gigs. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. Like, right. But gig. It's important. I'd rather yeah. have gigs than not have gigs. Yeah. That's that's a that's a good uh, life motto. Yeah, I want gigs. Why is that? Is that a gigs. controversial? Is that a hot Look, button it's, issue? It's a, que- it's a question we ask all of our guests. We, we get a all? bevy of responses. Yeah, from have, the, the have, have there, has there been a like passionate fuck that? Yes. Re- oh, all the time. Oh, uh, actually, more so than not. Why? Uh, do they think it like demeans the performance? Of no, it? it depends on either both if they're a musician or comedian. I think, and if they're especially if they're a musician, if they are in more of a punk world or if they're in more of like a, a playing pro, concerts a pro, a pro world yeah uh, i think more in the punk react, world though. comedians most comedians i would are say, fine with it yeah like yeah, the yeah, word the, gig yeah uh, rev- uh i think the variations more most often is reserve it for trying to reserve it for paid stand-up yes yeah shows. well yes i would give that I uh, would say I musicians are uh shitty musicians are more apt to be like every show's a gig and okay. you know when you're from a punk world, it's like no, nah, it's a show. It's gotcha. just relaxed. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. but but I mean, we've literally gotten every single yeah. one. So some people are like it's a paid gig, it's a non-paid gig. I love it. Why are you asking me this question? Yeah. To me, I hate it. To me, it just makes me think of a time and place I have to go perform. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, it's your calendar. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Noah, uh, you've given us some great stories, Thank you. and I feel like we've gotten a uh, you know a feel for 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 the man behind the mask, so to speak. Yeah, thank you. Whatever, whatever, for whatever that me. means. Yeah, no problem. I don't know what you, you got. I got a. There may be a minion going on or something that you have to get to. <laughs> All we want is for you to get home safe. Thank you. Worst gig ever. 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 ever.